Good morning. Can you guys hear me? Good. You sure were singing good, but you keep singing. We're so glad you're here if you're visiting uh, on vacation. This is pretty much the official start of vacation time, I guess. Uh, school's fixing, well, school's out. School is out. We're tickled that you're here. Um, some of us have better campers than others because they're gone and we're here. So I drove through Greeson yesterday and it was loaded up. And it's fun. Family's fun. We're glad uh, that we can have family time. Uh, this is family time in another sense of the word. And we're just so thankful that, that everyone is here. Um, you know, Benjamin is such a gifted guy. He does things very well up here. And um, we're just glad to have him. But Benjamin needed a vacation. He's on vacation. Unfortunately, it looks like where he's going, there's a tropical storm headed that way. So it may be a little soggy, but I'm sure they'll make the best of it. I love this church. I love the people in this church. I love this community. Um, I pretty much could have moved anywhere we wanted to move. Um, that is one of the perks of being self-employed. But um, I'm so thankful that God put me right here. Time flies. Um, we came in here, we stumbled in here on an October morning about nine years ago, if you can believe that. This October will be nine years, and uh, such a blessing it's been. Some of you guys and girls in here, a lot of these guys, like Tracy, they can fix anything. They, something breaks, they fix it. Or maybe Tracy tears up and Amber fixes it, I don't know. <laughs> I can't fix anything, but I can tear it up. But I did learn one trick. That stuff that comes in a can called starter fluid, boy, you can spray that in something, it'll start. It'll save your arm, it saves a whole lot of, of frustration. So I'm going to give you some starter fluid this morning. If you will, turn your Bibles to uh, 1 Timothy 6. If I can find it myself. I've got stuff flying everywhere up here. Well, I had it bookmarked so I could save you guys some time. We'll also be in another uh, a verse of Timothy later on, and we'll camp out there a little bit. But the thing that I've enjoyed about Benjamin is he takes one or two scriptures and he'll camp out there and expand on that thing all morning long. But this is your starter foot for this morning. First Timothy 6. Um, about halfway through verse 14. It says, God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Dwell on that just a little bit too. The King of kings and Lord of lords, who lives in unapproachable light. So we'll use that as our reference point this morning. You know, today is Memorial Day. There's something that you should be thankful for, that we live in a free country and we've had families and family members that have gone on uh, and given us the ultimate sacrifice and some that have come home with loss of life and limb. Uh, my generation's grandparents were in World War II, a lot of them. They didn't talk much about it. Uh, 
what few stories I got, I, I kind of hung on to because I'm sort of a history buff. I had one uh, uncle that was a sharpshooter, and he was on a Pacific Island for 90 days, stranded, and he lived on coconuts when he came home. My grandmother baked his favorite cake, which was a coconut cake, and he wouldn't eat it. He said, I'll never eat coconut again. And he meant it. I had a fellow that I used to buy foxhounds from in Oklahoma, and he was over in the Philippines, and he literally was the only survivor of his group. And the only way he survived was climbing a coconut tree, again a coconut, and hiding up in the top of that tree. And then there's Elton Turley, whom I love dearly, that told me, and I'll quote, I'll quote him often, he said, I never saw an atheist in a foxhole. Something to be said about that. Then there's my grandfather, who was on a destroyer in the Pacific. He didn't see his own son, my father, for three years because he was in that, in that part of the world on a destroyer for three years. And as he had dementia and he lost his mind, the only thing he said when I visited him was look at all those kamikazes coming this way. So you see, there has been a great sacrifice for us to sit right here this morning in air conditioning and go fishing later or take a nap later, whatever you want. There's been sacrifices. There really has. You know, Paul was brilliant. He was learned. He was a leader. He was a man of one mindset that when he got his mind on something that that's what he was going to do even to the point where he was persecuting the church and was dragging people out of their homes because he thought he was doing the right thing. And Paul often refers to two things and you can kind of interchange the word fight and the word race. He talks about, I've fought the good fight. I've run the race. He's always talking about this contest, this contest of life. This contest of faith. If you would, look at 2 Timothy uh, 4, 7. Second Timothy 4, 7. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. And we're going to camp out there in this thought pattern and, and the thoughts that that verse brings up and the pictures that it brings up to flesh out this idea of I've fought the fight, I've run the race, I've kept the faith. You see, we've got the little kids that come up here every week. They're on one end of the scale. And then we've got the middle part, and then we've got those of us who are more learned and wiser at the other end. That came out really good, didn't it? Each group has its struggles. Each age has its own peculiar problems that you learn to live through, you learn to experience, and you learn to hopefully share with others that are coming behind you to get them through that path, to share life, as you, as, if, if you will, as a group here. And so it's no secret that Karen has got me into running, and I have learned a lot from running. I have got probably... 10 million stories I could tell from just, from just the training and just from running the race, which I never thought I would do. And, you know, we don't get very often to come up here and speak to you guys because Benjamin is so prolific. But, but in that thought process and that thought pattern, 
I've got some marvelous stories. The first time I ran with Karen in a half marathon, uh, you know, you wonder if you can run a half marathon, which is 13.1 miles. Um, the lady standing beside us in a cold morning, Karen, you remember her? She was 72. She had stage four cancer, and this was on her bucket list. She was going to run the race, and she did. So I had no excuses. I got to go. And then you see these people that have had um, who knows what, that can barely walk, that are ahead of you in a race. And, and you pass them and you think you're all that in a bag of potato chips and then you find out that they've passed you again. They run the race. You know, it's just from my observation that I've seen some people that never start the race. I've seen some people that start the race and they quit. I've seen some people that start the race and they stumble. And I've seen some people that start the race and appear to be strong from start to finish. But if you ask them, they will tell you the troubles and the struggles that were between their ears that they ne never let anyone know about. I'm talking about this struggle of life, this race of life, which can be a very joyous occasion while you're doing it. It's all in your mind. It's your mindset. I always tell you guys I have all the, the redneck toys and gadgetry to hunt my dogs, and I do have literally a satellite tracking system for my dogs. I can put these collars on my dogs, and I've got this handheld receiver, and I can find my dogs. They're pretty valuable, but you guys in this audience are way more valuable to me than dogs, certainly. But every now and then on your screen, your map gets all twisted and you have to push a button and reset the thing and it, it corrects it back to, to north, south, east, and west so you know where you're going. And I really have found dealing with people that sometimes as people in the race, we need to reset our button to understand where we come from, who we are, and where we're going. You got to do it. And that's why you got the starter fluid this morning. That he is the God of God, the King of Kings, who lives in inapproachable light. That's our starting point. Everything comes from him. My goodness. That is pure power. Pure power. I love all the doxologies that, that the New Testament writers have, these, it's, it's scripture, it's, it's the idea of God, it's, it's the power of God, it's the, it's the gospel, all boiled down to two or three sentences, just like what we have right here. I love it, because it's short, sweet, fast, and bam, there it is. And you can drive for hundreds of miles, and you can, you can think of these things. It's unbelievable, and, and, and these writers knew God and, and, and knew his personality, and they knew the blood that Christ had sacrificed, that we can live a joyous life. And so we start with that point. If you will, turn to Romans 8, uh, 31 through 39. You know, I wanted to do like Benjamin, to have one one or two verses and expand on that and, and that'd be done and as this lesson kind of came into its own I figured out I'm not Benjamin that's okay 
because we're all made different. Romans 8, 31 through 39. <clears throat> what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any change against the, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is it, who is it that condemns? Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to the life, is at the right hand of God, is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered a sheep to be slaughtered. Uh, know in all things that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am con convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Goodness gracious. I want to ask you a question. You go back and read that. And are you running your race and living your life like that? That nothing can separate you from the love of God? That neither height nor depth, demon, you name it, you think of it, present, past, or future is going to hinder you from getting to the God who lives in the inapproachable life. Are you living like that? Some days I am and some days I'm not. Man, that's awesome stuff. And Paul tells us, he said, I have fought the fight, I've run the race, I have lived out the faith. Zach, my oldest son, went on a, an adventure. As my, as my young grandson would say, he went on an adventure. And he was on a TV show. That's a whole other story. But the way they had this thing, you had guys from all these big cities and guys from the country, and they lived in one house. And it's really pretty amazing because the backstories that nobody saw on TV is these, these guys actually became very, very good friends. To this day, they all stay in touch. And it's amazing how media and television has shaped our society because these city boys, and I mean New York City, L.A., those kind of cities, could not understand how the country boys knew the songs to the good songs, the hip songs, you know, not just country songs, but, you know, we listen to music too. And, and they didn't have to have flannel underwear, you know, we, we do different things. But, you know, it's just crazy, the stereotypes. They didn't know that they didn't just have to drive a pickup truck. The differences were really amazing to both sides that they had a lot in common. But you know what the city boys like to do more than anything is they were filming that thing for several, several weeks. It was in Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, on the beach. At night, they always wanted to go out, sit on the pier, and look at the stars. They'd never seen them. Had never seen the stars. Why is that? Artificial light. Distractions from God's creation. 
the things that hinder us from seeing the power and the might and the creation that God made. We may be able to fake it for a little while, but you know what? It's still there. It is still there. And they sat there amazed at what the Milky Way looked like. I see it every night. Shame on me for taking it for granted. We live in a wonderful, beautiful place on God's green earth. That really amazed me. And it, as I was preparing this lesson, I thought, what distracts us from seeing the power and the might and running the race and fighting the fight with the faith? Well, I'll just throw a few out, and I'm sure you can think of more. Apathy, arrogance, attitude, anxiousness, affluency, energy, and lack of it. The traits of a fighter in faith are this. Paul actually writes to Timothy, he said, you keep the faith like this, through righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Let me name those again. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Try that in your marriage and see what happens. It'll be good. Try that at work and see what happens. It will be good. Try that as an employer and see what happens. It will be good. Try that as an employee and see what happens. It will be good. Man, people, people need to see the power of God. People need to see us running a good race. People need to see us fighting a good fight. You know, Paul writes in one of his letters, he said, I, I'm writing you to see if I fought in vain. Did I fight for nothing? And another time he says, I'm not frailing at the air. I'm not swinging at the fence. I, I'm making these blows count. We got to. You know what's at stake? Eternal life for someone that we don't know that does not know Christ. Man, I tell you what, if we're not the most attractive person in the room, shame on us. We have got to be happy and joyous and free. I wish that everyone had to preach a sermon because you will study so much and the things that you find out that it's just like Nathan this morning. Man, Nathan, you got enough for another three lessons and we'll use you. He did fantastic this morning. But when you prepare, you just learn so much more. But I think the devil's greatest tool in our society right here is distraction. He wants you distracted. You know what? Man, if I work overtime, I can get that new toy. Some of you are thinking, man, that guy, he's... He's thinking about himself. He doesn't need a new toy. He's already got a new truck. If I work overtime, I can account, put in more account in my 401k. Well, goody for you. What happens when the stock market crashes? We're all dealing monopoly money anyway. Now, don't think that I'm not saying don't prepare. But I am saying this. That should be your secondary role. It should be. Nathan's class this morning was fantastic.
especially what would Jesus do? And he gave us some examples and he worked long and hard on some of those things. Some of the things that Jesus did, compassion, prayer, but you know, Nathan, what I took away from your lesson this morning is Jesus invested in people. He had time for them. He would listen to them. He would hug them, I'm sure. When I say listen, I mean really listen. Look at them in the eye and listen to what they're saying. I had a friend yesterday tell me a story about something that's going on in his life, and used to, I would have thought, boy, that's a bad deal. And I didn't respond because I knew it was a very big, a very big story he had shared with me. And I called him up. I said, thank you for sharing that. I want us as a group to get to the point in all of our relationships where whoever you are with will open up to you because they know your compass is set right, because they know that you're running this race with glory and power and humility because somebody can't outrun you. There's always somebody faster. We're always a middleman. Somebody's going to be faster, somebody's going to be slower. Somebody's going to be richer, somebody's going to be poorer. But know where you are. And know what you're worth. You know, there's a race, t-shirt for everything. Um, there's t-shirts, there's bumper stickers, all sorts of stuff. I think one of my favorite ones is, uh, you know, you've seen us that run. They've got the 13-1 and the 26-2, and I didn't know what those were until I started running. I thought, that's a weird radio station. <laughs> this one's for Alyssa, because Alyssa asked me one time at church camp, Alyssa rather, she said, do you love me as much as bacon? Because she'd see me eat bacon at church camp. I do, I love me some bacon. But somebody had a 13-1 sticker that said, 13-1 uh, and a little bitty... Writing underneath it said, that's how much bacon I can eat at once. <laughs> but my favorite one, and, and this is a serious one to me, the t-shirt that somebody ran by me said, there'll come a day when I can't run a marathon, but today is not that day. You think about that. Lester, I love Lester Bradley. And Lester's told me, he said, Todd, there'll be a day when coming up these stairs is harder for you. It was this morning. I've had a rough week. Lester knows it, and I know it for myself. There will come a day when we can't get up these stairs. But today is not that day. There will come a day when you're somewhere and age has taken a beating on your body or you've been called from this earth from the good Lord and you cannot talk about the power and the love and the might that Jesus Christ has for us and the God that sent him. But I want you to go home and you say, today is not that day. Today is not that day. We're bound by time. I don't understand time in God's eyes. He says a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. I don't understand all that, Tracy. It's above my pay grade. Hebrews 11, if you'll turn there real quick.
You know, Benjamin said something last week or two. He said a church that can't laugh, uh, or a church that can laugh is, is really a neat thing, and I love how we can, can snicker and laugh here at, at Mineral because we love each other and know each other, and, and uh, that's really pretty neat to have that. You know, in, in Hebrews 11, it's, it's the roll call of faith, and if you want to study something, just go back and read Hebrews 11, talking about all these Old Testament great giants of the faith. All of them. The ones we teach the children. You know, the good ones. The all-stars. But there's something I want you to look at. Hebrews 11:37. Start right there. This is what I think is talking about the ones that, that were just the everyday Christians. And some of the other ones too. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and mountains and in caves and in holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Uh, 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, considering himself who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You see, if you will, those old timers in Hebrews, they didn't know why they had to go through that, I'm sure, sometimes. But they went through it. Just like some of our our heroes from this country on this Memorial Day. They went through it because there was a greater cause And it says in God's mighty plan that they are a cloud of witnesses looking down upon us, cheering us on, saying, I know you think it's bad, but you can't imagine how good it is up here. Do not get tired. Do not get weary. Do not lose heart. Because what Jesus did and what he told us he would do, it's worth all of it. He is the author of and the perfecter of that faith. Run the race, fight the fight. Last week when Benjamin was talking, and he was talking about how Paul understood this, Paul said, I consider it all rubbish, which is almost, that's kind of a British word to me. Trash, what we call it. I hear some of those, I work around a lot of English people, you don't know that, but they, yeah, that's rubbish. And, and you're never smart, you're quite clever. Now, they don't use that on me, but, but they're quite clever in their language. Man, I consider it rubbish, I really do. If you have a wife sitting beside you today, hold her hand in service. If you're sitting by a pretty girl and you think she might be a future wife, hold her hand. Take a chance. It's worth it. Man, this, this is the most intimate place in the world. It's right here together. Right now. 
There may be a day when you're not sitting beside someone you love. I had a friend this week that passed away at 21 years old. That girl we prayed for. This is the first Sunday her mom and dad will be without her. Today was her day. Yep. What I want you to do is understand who you are, where you came from, and where you're going. Now, this is it. Last week, Benjamin was preaching over in Philippians. And there's one little sentence over here that caught my eye. I was listening to him so eloquently preach about the rubbish. And I read on just a little farther. Philippians 3, verse 16 says this. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. A one-sentence scripture. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Goes back to that Romans 8. Nothing's going to separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Run like you have already attained the prize because it's waiting for you. I'll tell you all a secret. We all get medals when we run those races. I'll tell you another secret. We've got to pay for them. Entry fee. They give you a T-shirt and a medal. I want the bacon. Because I burnt the calories. I can eat that bacon. I'll tell you who paid for your entry fee this time. Is the God of the unapproachable light, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He paid for it with his son. Now that's a big deal. If that does not set your compass back to true north, I can't help you. Man, I love you guys. I love this church. I love your children. I love your grandchildren. You know, you're not supposed to be envious, but I'm very envious of these guys and girls that have more than one grandchild. It's no bueno. I'm ready for more. I'll tell you why. Because we can look at the potential in those grandbabies. And as a friend of mine says, the pressure's off. We don't have to hurt them in the right direction. The parent does. We can be a consultant, and we do that pretty good. You know, I love Hebrews, and I quote it often in my prayers, but it says, To the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead that great shepherd of the sheep. That's one of those bullion cubes of Scripture. The God of peace. Because just like Nathan said this morning, in his basketball group, there's a bunch of different people from different backgrounds, kind of like a church. There's a bunch of people from a bunch of different backgrounds living in this country. And society wants to say, I'm on this side of the fence, you're on that side of the fence, I can't talk to you. But you know what God says? He says, you talk to him anyway. You tell him about my father, Jesus says. You tell him about the way, the truth, and the life. You run that race. You fight that fight, it's worth it. I promise you it's worth it. And we'll have a star and a crown when we get there. If there's anything you need prayers for, 
Today's that day. There may come a time when you can't do it, but today is not that day. Come on up here as we stand and sing. Thank you so much. Here at the cross,